0: Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and Cookies is literally my life with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Hello, hello, Chaos and Cookies podcast listeners. Uh, Today, I'm excited. I have another Book author as my guest today. And it's a super cute uh, cover. It's called The Throwback List by Lily Anderson. And I'm super excited to chat with Lily. And before I bring her on, I'm just going to give you a quick uh, introduction and who she is. Lily Anderson is the author of The One and The Only Thing Worse Than Me Is You, Not Now, Not Ever, an undead girl gang, a former school librarian. She is deeply devoted to Shakespeare, fairy tales, and podcasts. Somewhere in Northern California, she is having strong opinions on musical theater. Her newest novel, The Throwback List, tells the story of Joe Freeman, a 20-something who loses her marketing job in California and begrudgingly moves home to Oregon to live with her parents. Then she reconnects with an old friend, as well as a new one, and decides to tick off items uh, from a checklist that she created in her teens while documenting it all on social media. Fun, fun. The story is filled with both fun and poignancy. Welcome Lily Anderson to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was very <clears throat> word filled. I was making sure that I got your <laughs> intro correctly. Cause it's super fun. I, first of all, the cover is super cute with like the ladies with the wine and the tear, torn up jeans. Can you tell me a little bit about this, like this cover?
1: Sure. This is the first time I've ever had my characters illustrated before. And so the illustrator like read the book and then came up with that completely on her own. And I was just delighted by how she really captured each of the three girls personalities so thoroughly You know, you have Bianca, who dresses in like retro vintage clothes, and Joe, who is like always in monochrome. She's either in like black or gray. And so on the cover, she's in black, which I loved. And then Autumn, who is like the fun theater teacher. And so she's got like bright purple on and her red hair. And yeah, I love it
0: it's super cute. And when I got it in the mail, I was like, this is, it looks like an awesome book and I can't wait to dive in. But before we dive into our conversation, I'm going to ask you a, uh, an icebreaker question. And that is, uh, what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. I love oatmeal cookies. Um, and basically all forms. I particularly like them with walnuts yeah um during the quarantine last year my best friend and roommate learned how to bake and so we have had so many cookies in the house for the last year just like every week there's like different kinds and things they didn't know you could turn into cookies like we had like carrot cake cookies and churro snickerdoodle cookies and yeah it's been a delay
0: <laughs> well that's that sounds like fun actually and also probably <clears throat> very tempting all the time having all those cookies around
1: oh yeah I woke up this morning and there are just cupcakes that look like Chewbacca on the kitchen table because she's taking them to work for their Halloween party but then there, she's just like left one behind for me. And I'm like, it, it's breakfast. I can't eat this cupcake yet. So now it's just going to sit there all day while I wonder how long I can wait before I
0: dive into this cupcake. And eat Chewbacca's face. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. So It's tempting. cocoa frosting. I mean, I, oh, well, I mean, I have three kids and we just bought uh, Halloween candy. It's sitting on the counter. And I'm like, how long do I have? Like, I, Halloween's yeah. two days away. Like- it's- I,
1: It's always a mistake to buy it early, and you want to be prepared. You can't wait to the last minute. What if they run out? But then it's in your house, and you're like, "What if I just start eating this and never stop?"
0: I know, and it's always, you know, I always eat the the good stuff, and then I leave all the crappy stuff. (laughs) Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like "Ah, I take it. (laughs) Well, let's dive into uh, your book a little bit. So, can you give us uh, like an elevator pitch of what the throwback list is?
1: Sure. The throwback list is about three girls in their mid twenties who all end up back in their hometown um, for various reasons after college. And one of them, Joe finds a bucket list that she wrote in high school in her childhood bedroom. And in reading it over, she realizes that since she's been gone, she's been so focused on school and work that she basically forgot to have any fun at all she can't tick off a single thing on the list and so she calls her high school best friend autumn and asks for her help in getting through the list and autumn says yeah of course but wants to bring along her current best friend bianca who was joe's rival in high school Mm -hmm. and so the three of them have to like get through the list, figure out whether or not they're actually going to be friends and figure out how to live in their hometown as adults.
0: Wow. Well, I think, I mean, that's very common is when you make it back to your hometown and you're an adult and then you see where you used to be and then you go to the adult places and you're like, this feels very strange.
1: Yeah. It's like, anytime you're in your hometown, you're like, and am I not a child? Am I allowed to be in this bar? Like if you move away, right. I mean, if you continue to live there, it's a little
0: different, but I moved and then came back and I'm like, right. Like, It's almost like, do I need permission? I'm like, yes, of course I can. I'm mid thirties. I'm fine. (laughs) It's just a town. It's just because it's yours that it feels
1: weird. You wouldn't feel weird doing it anywhere else, but there are certain things in your hometown where you're like, oh, is this okay? Like, I remember the first time I like bought alcohol in my hometown and I was like, are people looking at me? And it's like, no, of course not. This is legal. What are you talking about? You would never question this in any other safe way, but here for whatever reason, it's like, Oh my gosh, they know that I used to be a
0: child. (laughs) I know. Right. And so where are you from?
1: uh, I'm from Northern California. I grew up between, um, San Francisco and Sacramento sort of in the suburbs between the cities.
0: And do you still live there now?
1: I I live nearby. I'm, you know, like, uh, yeah, I'm close. I I moved just far enough away that like, I don't have to be in my hometown if I don't, if I don't want to, but I do have to drive through it in order to see my family.
0: Oh, okay. I see. I see where you're going. (laughs) Well, in the throwback list, friendship is the key and it's focused on and highlighted. And so what inspired you to write about both old and new friendships?
1: You know, I normally write young adult books, which is, you know, teenagers. And I think as teenagers, it's much easier to make friends. Like you're friends with the people who are in your class, through your extracurriculars. And then you, if you go to college, like you're friends with people who like live in your dorm. And as an adult, it's so much harder to make friends. And yes. so with my first adult book, I was like, okay, so Some of it is about reconnecting with people and seeing if you still want to be friends with them. But I also really wanted to focus on like, how do you make a new friend? Like just the process of like opening up to a person and being like, oh, well, this is my backstory. What's yours? Like, which can be so weird and awkward. And so I put my characters through it.
0: You know, it's funny. I actually, uh, to relate to that, I receive like a messenger Message from an old friend in high school and we like been online, right. Or whatever. <clears throat> and he emailed or he messaged me one day and said, Hey, uh, random question. I know that you live in Austin now. Cause I moved here several years ago and my wife and I are looking for more adult friends that have kids because we need friends that understand if we have to Uh, last minute cancel, and they're not going to be upset. And he literally pitched it to me that way. And I'm like, so true. I mean, we're already friends, but you need to now hang out with adult friends with kids because if you don't feel, or if you're really hungover and you don't feel like going because you have the baby with you, something like that, I don't know. But the way he phrased it just made it feel like making friends as an adult. So he's going to old friends that he knows are in the same life i guess yeah like path. the
1: same yeah the same like period of life which like i totally get because i am like the last single person in my friend group and so like my friends have kids and like the way they relate to each other now is so different and i'm like oh yeah um i i also have I like I have nothing to relate to I'm like I don't understand like I had to buy diapers for a baby shower six months ago and freaked out and was like do you guys know how much these cost <laughs> everyone was like yes yeah we're aware this is why we- you gift them
0: at baby showers yeah <laughs>
1: <And> <laughs> so, like that's why home. they're the price to get in because yeah you had to spend twenty dollars one time to buy diapers and we do this all the time like
0: yes that's why you go to Costco and you buy them in bulk
1: Right, yeah, like even that. Where my friends go to Costco, and I'm like, oh, if I go to Costco, things go bad because I it's just me and one other person in my house, and like we're not gonna. Go, the only thing we go through in that amount is like paper towels. Right. And I'm like, we can't buy meat in bulk. What are you talking about? It's like,
0: Freeze it, and then you've got yeah. a freezer full of meat, and then you'll never. And then it gets frostbitten. to yeah. throw it away anyway. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> well in the book you said that joe is the main character and um but there's three friends uh and so which of the three friends was your favorite to write about
1: um each of the three girls has like their own perspective in the book so like every chapter is from one of their points of view and i always like really looked forward to writing the autumn chapters because like she's the fun one like she's like the me where I'm like, oh, she has like the least responsibilities. She's a big theater geek like I am. And like, she's the high school theater teacher. And so she's like a lot of her chapters are like her and her students. And until I was a full-time writer, I was an elementary school librarian. And so like that, all of my stories were just like, oh yeah, this kid did this today. It was so funny. And so I loved being able to like put that in a book, even though like autumn students are much older than any kid I ever worked with.
0: Oh, how funny is that? And you said you were a theater geek. So what's your favorite theater show, which is probably asking you to choose between like, which one's your favorite child, which I've asked all the time as well. Oh, that's fair. Um,
1: Yeah. I mean, like my all time favorite musical is Into the Woods, which like was turned into a movie a few years ago, Um, mm-hmm. but it's my favorite. I like it. I saw it when I was three. It's the first musical I ever saw it. Like introduced me to like the fairy tales that are in it so like I saw the Into the Woods like Cinderella and Jack and the Beanstalk and Little Red Riding Hood before I like knew the actual stories Mm -hmm. and so like other people are like oh Cinderella and they think like the Disney version and I'm like oh for me it's Kim Crosby who was on Broadway in 1989 and like no one else relates to it that way but it's like foundational to my
0: brain (laughs) that's so fun so the first show I saw uh, isn't even a uh, show anymore. Cats was the first show that oh, I went yeah.
1: to. I mean, like cats is fun. I know like the movie was wild. Terrible.
0: <laughs> I hate to say it. It was not great. No, it was bad. And but because- the, the show doesn't doesn't really have a story much either, though. So it's very that was a really it's more musical. It was all right. poems. It,
1: it's an experience. Like it really is like I always talk about cats, like cats is like church for cats they like sit there and sing like cat hymns and like it's all about like getting to their afterlife and that is such a wild concept that like when you see like dancers and acrobats like you totally buy it and you're like yeah this makes sense and the second you try to make it too realistic it just all falls apart and that's what the movie was where it's like oh no no no, don't make me like try to imagine them in the real world like they're just like circus cats they just like do somersaults and dance and do things that most people can't do yeah and they they made it so weird. <laughs> I know I was very
0: disappointed and it was, it, I was trying to bring back like, Oh, well I, my grandmother took me and I remember we were in New York cause that's where she lived. And I got into the cab for the first time. And I just remember there were no seatbelts or I didn't have to wear my seatbelt. I can't remember what, if there were or weren't, I'm sure there were seatbelts cause it was a car, but they were like, I watched like everyone else put seatbelts on I'm Like, I don't have to put a seatbelt on like I'm in the back of a car and I was a kid. I was like maybe 8 I mean I was I was little so uh I that's a memory that sticks out in my head and then they made the movie and I was just so disappointed in the movie. Yeah,
1: after I watched the movie I like immediately I watched it with my best friend who'd never seen the real version. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. No, now we're renting the real musical version that they recorded and we're going to watch that so you can at least understand why people like this. This isn't the thing people like about cats. And no. so like, we like did like a cat's double feature of like the movie cats and then the recorded version of the musical where I was like, see, it like makes more sense this way. Rumtum Tugger is supposed to be like Mick Jagger. He's cool. And I mean, she understood, <laughs> but she didn't think it was cool.
0: <laughs> right. That's so funny. Uh, yeah that's it was a good show I just that was my first one I think the most I think my favorite one though that I've seen was Lion King because it was just so well done
1: oh Lion King's amazing like it's especially going in thinking like oh I've seen the movie I know how this is gonna go and like it the the way that they stage it with the puppets and it's and the mask the mask work and everything like it's incredible like it's wild I yeah I can't really explain to people who haven't seen it, but like there's like a the antelope
0: like are like on a spinning wheel so
1: it looks like they're jumping and like-
0: It's it's very well done. It's amazing. And then the people, like you're supposed to see the people, they're not trying to stay hidden. So it's just, it's very well done. So that's one of my favorites. I don't go to the theater that much, but um, I just thought that I would go on that tangent, but we'll get back to the book. (laughs) Sorry, but hey, I think we all have a theater- little bit of theater geek in us, I feel like, if you've seen one, right?
1: The book definitely goes on many musical theater tangents. It's very, oh, it's totally related.
0: So fun. And my high school had a really big fine arts program and a lot of my friends went on to Broadway and uh, into that world. So it's fun to follow. So, I mean, why not? And so I guess without giving too much away with the book, like what was your favorite scene to write?
1: Um, There's a scene in of- in the middle of the book where the three girls are trying to like get through as much of the throwback list as they can and they realize that Bianca has never been to a sleepover. She was like really sheltered as a kid and so they plan like the ultimate sleepover they like rent an airbnb and they get all the junk food and so like it's a scene that i definitely had to like edit down a lot because i was like i'm just gonna write like 20 pages of them just having fun and my editor was like maybe have this be related to the plot please um but yeah i loved writing like you know i've taken like girls weekends where we get an Airbnb and like everyone's like oh we're gonna sit around and like a wine tasting or whatever like fancy thing and it always just dissolves into like braiding each other's hair and crying about how much we love each other and so the scene is definitely more
0: that (laughs) that's awesome and it's very realistic it's really relatable as well And so you've written for young adults in the past, but the throwback list is classified as a new adult. So what makes it that genre?
1: Yeah, new adult is like, it's a new category. It's sort of between young adult and adult sometimes we call it crossover fiction because it can be read by like teenagers who want to look ahead at like what happens after high school after college or by adults who want to look back but like don't want to read about teenagers Mm -hmm. so it's sort of like 18 to 30 year olds I feel like movies and tv is like mostly new adult it's just that books took forever to k- catch up with it but like the first five seasons of friends are new adult it's so, like
0: oh I see. before you're
1: 30 and you're like starting your job but you don't have a family of your own yet or like maybe you have a family of your own but you're like trying to like go back to school to figure out what you want to do for work like before you have like everything figured out sure
0: well that's interesting and when I think of young adult I think of that movie with Charlize Theron <laughs> yeah Yeah, i'm a big movie buff and i'm like young adult and then you watch the movie and you're like oh but it's about the genre of the book
1: yeah and she is just like the meanest character ever on film terrible
0: she's a terrible person in that book but i guess or in that in that movie but i feel like if you're not familiar with genres of books young adult uh that movie for instance like that that title is very deceiving and then you get into it you're like oh she's a young adult book writer
1: yeah it didn't do like a lot of favors for those of us who do write young adult we have to be like we're not all like that we're not all like emotionally stunted and obsessed with <laughs> our glory days some of us are just like really like we just have a lot of feelings <laughs> we just want to share like how to be a person with teenagers because it's hard
0: Right. I know. And so when I was reading this and it's like young adult or it's new adult, I'm like, oh, that movie comes to mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as a woman of Afro Puerto Rican, am I saying that right? Afro Puerto -Puerto Rican Rican. Mm -hmm. descent? uh, How important is it to represent a diverse world in your novels?
1: Oh, it's super important. It's part of why I started writing because I was always like really bookish as a kid. I like started reading really early. And I was always looking for books about people who were like me, who weren't like just one thing. I feel like books were like, this is about a white person and this is about a black person. And I was like, okay, well, like I'm white and I'm black and I'm Puerto Rican. And, you know, I don't necessarily look the way people expect any of those things to look. And I wanted, I always like wanted to find more cultural diversity in books than I was seeing um and so when I started writing I was like oh well then it's my job I have to write about people like me because I can't keep waiting for someone else to do it this is literally my job now um and I also wanted to like cover you know people of different sexualities people who are like different who come from like different financial backgrounds I feel like a lot of books cover like everyone's middle class and I'm like some people are poor (laughs) like (laughs) especially when you're 25 people get poor
0: sure especially if you're starting after college like none of us unless if you're doing it without any type of help right you know we're eating ramen noodles every damn day like exactly yeah or you're like racking
1: up credit card debt and then being like oh no how am I ever gonna pay this off and so like all of that went into this book of like the various mistakes you can make (laughs) in your in your mid-20s being like well I have all this student loan debt I have all these credit cards so I bought everything I wanted and now I can't pay them off and Mm -hmm. yeah so a diversity of experience as well as like cultural backgrounds is really important to me just because like That's what the world is like, you know, your friends aren't all like exactly like you. Otherwise you'd have nothing to talk about.
0: Right. And I think right now in culture and like the world, it's, it's just becoming more and more of buzz and more and more, um, I mean, I, I'm not going to say, I don't want to call it a big deal. Cause I don't know if like, but it's more highlighted, I guess. And it's more, yeah. Um, we're it's, finally it's being, talking about it. Yeah. It's being explored and now we're able to see more of it. And so uh, when you were talking about, you know, how you wanted to see yourself in the book, I guess, as I'm going back on all the books that we, we used to read in like English class, I mean, those are also very much period pieces Uh, it is very white or black. And so it's probably really freeing for you to write about what you want to write about.
1: Right. And just, and when I was working as a school librarian, I met so many kids who were like me, who were like, I'm this, 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 and this, and I'm this mixed with this. And like, Teachers who didn't know to look for it would be like, oh, that's the white kid. And that's like, no, that's like, you can tell, like, you can look at her hair. You can look at her nose. You can like tell that child was mixed race and they deserve to have books that tell them that they're not weird, that they're not the only kid in the world. Who's like, your mom is black, but you're light skinned. Like that's normal. That happens. That happens to all, yeah. a lot of people and books weren't showing them that. And so I was like, oh, I need to make sure that there are books in the world that are going to do that. And so I do it in my OAA and they do it in my new adult now.
0: I love that you could do it in a book too, because you sometimes just only are able to explore that topic in a movie because it's visual, right? Right.
1: Yeah. No, I think that, you know, now everyone's like, I see Zendaya. I get it. And I'm like, okay, sure. But like, we also have to, (laughs) we also need it in, in books and in, in our pop stars and like everywhere. It should be everywhere. We're everywhere
0: a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I love it. Cause I, it's just such a great, like time of just time to be able to be, and it's not just a, it's, I don't know. It's a, it's a hot topic. And I try to tread lightly because I'm sure I'm white girl. Like, what am I going to say about it? <laughs> I mean really, <laughs> but um, I think it's great. And um, like I said, the book, uh, the cover. When I opened up the box, I was like, "This is super fun book." Um, it's part of the Disney collection, and so yeah,
1: it's from Disney's new imprint, Hyperion Avenue which is like where the, their adult books and new adult books are coming out from. So the first book from Hyperion Avenue was Julie Murphy's uh, If the Shoe Fits. And then the throwback list is the second one. And then I know there's going to be another um, Meant to Be book by Jasmine Guillory that's going to be Beating the Beast themed, which I'm very much looking forward to. Can't wait. Beating the Beast is my favorite. So I was going like, to ask oh, you good. what your favorite
0: fairy tale was because you, you mentioned Julie Murphy and I uh, interviewed her a while back. And so for those of you who want to listen to more of like Disney books, like you could go check out that episode. But she had been saying, you know, that it was the first in the series for the Meant to Be. And they were re-telling uh, or they were modernizing uh, the the Cinderella, not Cinderella, she wrote about Cinderella, but the princesses. And so I was asking, like, what, what's your, is Beauty and the Beast your favorite Disney princess?
1: Yeah, I think I, it's, I, that was my favorite as a kid. I also, like, I love Tangled. I think Tangled is, like, the best Disney movie. And so I'm very much looking forward to when they get to that book, because I'm like, oh, I can't wait. It's, I'm like, you know, a modern Rapunzel, a modern Flynn Rider. Yeah, please.
0: yeah absolutely. I, I would be curious to see how they're going to do that one. The long yeah, hair the, and the magical hair. We'll find out being, uh, trapped in a cat. Like, it's not okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but They make light of it in Disney. So yeah, well, we'll see what they do. I'm would looking they for- do. <laughs> But that's the beauty of books. Like you can have, you know, creative freedom. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm sure there's Disney's Uh, got some, uh, criteria you have to meet or something like that but um when you write it's very freeing
1: yeah you can you know like you just let your imagination run wild and then you know that's what editors are for they they bring us back to the ground where you know I not in this book in my next book I made a joke about Dick Van Dyke's accent in Mary Poppins and my editor was like Maybe like let's not be mean to Dick Van Dyke. And It was like,
0: okay. He's sorry. an American, he's an American staple. <laughs> Dick is. Van Dyke. Like, like sorry Disney. That's bad. so <laughs> that's so funny. Well, how long have you been writing novels and books? Um my I started publishing
1: books in 2016, so like a little over 5 years. Um but I've been writing forever. I used to, just, you know, write for my own entertainment as a kid. I wrote like fan fiction and whatever, and just to entertain myself and to entertain my friends. I'd like finish a story and like send it out to all my friends just to be like, "Hey, I wrote this. Have fun!" And then it wasn't until I was like fully in my twenties before I was like, "That's a job. I could like just finish a book and publish it." And so, yeah, I've been publishing for a little over five years, which is weird and cool
0: yeah how long does it typically take you to write a book like maybe like the throwback list how long did that take you to write
1: um I can usually draft like a first draft in like three-ish months by like you know working over time um but then it takes a while so like the throwback list I probably wrote the first draft in like three or four months and then it just wasn't happy with how it turned out, it was, like, too serious, and so I was, like, no, this is supposed to be fun, it's supposed to be, like, an escape, and so, like, I ended up rewriting most of it over the span of, like, another three months, and then it gets passed back and forth between my editor and I for, like, another six months, where, like, I get the book, I send the book in, my editor keeps it for, like, a month, makes notes, and sends it back, and so we, like, pass it back and forth until it's, like, totally done. And then the copy editors come in to make sure that like all the commas are in the right place. And then, yeah. And then it goes off to like the art department to like make it look great. And yeah. So this book took like three years to become a book, but I only probably worked on it for like a year and a half. And then I my publisher did like a ton of work without me, which is great.
0: <laughs> How many books do you write at a time? Are you always constantly working on multiple books or do you try to stay in the zone with one?
1: I try to only write one at a time just so that like that's where my focus is. Normally if I'm like writing a first draft or something I'm probably also editing whatever's next to be published um, but that's more like looking it over and being like does this sound right or the like are the sentences weird? It, does the dialogue sound right? Which is a little bit easier, like fully coming up with like a whole story. I can only do that one at a time. Cause like, I just have to pour all of my ideas into one place.
0: Sure. It's almost like, like, um, like characters, like staying in character for, if yeah. you're like shooting a movie or something, it's going to exactly. be hard for you to flip from one to the other. A hundred percent.
1: Yeah. I want to say, and like this book had three points of view it's three characters to be and so it's like I cannot look at anything else while I'm working on this it's already juggling so much just to like remember how this person would talk like this I like had like you know like a character bible of like this person's like interests and even like how they would curse it has to be different like they don't all sound exactly the same and they can't all just sound like me and so to like keep them straight, I'd be like, okay, like refer to my notes constantly. And so, yeah, I tried not to also be working on anything else. Cause then I was like, oh no, another person in my brain. No, thank you.
0: And so when you are um, writing, do you take inspiration from also obviously from personal experience, but do you like watch a bunch of movies and try to like pinpoint different accents? So you keep them in your head or things like that oh sure yeah I
1: definitely I usually do like a vibe check around like while I'm writing and so like this book I definitely like I watched a lot of the bold type I watched I was like re-watching Gilmore Girls like that small town feeling and then like you know three friends of a certain age and I yeah I definitely want to like keep in mind how other people are doing it and what it should feel like and then a little bit of like trying to keep other voices in my head again so that not every character sounds like me so i'll like think of like a certain actor and be like okay how would they how would they sound saying this cuz not everyone talks the way i do <laughs> like even hearing like my audiobook and like oh she reads this totally different than how i imagined it because it's in like my weird speech pattern well, sure because we all have our own yeah. like
0: inner like inner dialogue um yeah and how does it feel when you're finally like the book is done it's
1: it's great I mean it's good and it's bad like I think after every book comes out there's like this like post book depression you get this sort of like postpartum that's like oh, I did all this work for so many years and now it's done. And then like, you just have to let it go and you can't tinker with it anymore. And you just have to hope that it makes it to readers and that they'll like it. And you can't control any of that. And you have so much control before where you're like everything, I can make up words and they have to use them. And this is like the opposite where I have to be like, okay, it's just gonna like sit on a shelf at Barnes & Noble and I hope someone picks it up because I like it and it's fun. Um, But- yeah, I also feel like really accomplished. This is like the longest book I've written. It's like 400 pages. And so I also feel like, yeah, I did that. That's, you know, no matter what happens, like you can't take that away from me. I wrote this book.
0: Absolutely. And so where can we find the book? You had mentioned Barnes and Noble and um, where can we find you so we can follow you and, you know, watch what other things you have coming up? Sure. The book
1: is, anywhere books are sold, you can find it online. You can find it at your local bookstore. And if you can't tell them to get you a copy because it should be there. Um, you can find me online at Ms. Lily Anderson. That's M S L I L Y A N D E R S O N.com. That's also my Twitter and my Instagram handle.
0: Wonderful. And I, um, I I encourage my listeners to go and grab yourself a copy, you know, holidays are coming up, bring it, you know, give it as a gift or, you know, pick one up for yourself and I look forward to diving into it uh, more. So I got to to skim it and, and read. And I, like I said, I love the cover. I mean, I have it right here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And definitely like take a look under the cover because under the cover is the boardwalk that's downtown in their town. Oh. And they like illustrated all the little shops that I made up. And it was such a surprise to me. My there was just like, Oh, by the way, they did this too. And it's so cute. And there's like, you know,
0: I'm so There's happy a- you told me that because yeah. I would not have done that. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, Frosties and the Surfer, the Surf and Saucer, Airborne, the Salty Dog, and an arcade. Oh, and that would make sense because at the front it has those like written in because it says mm-hmm. like Boardwalk Arcade. Oh, ah, yep, yep, yep. so, yeah, yeah, So I'm surprised. Yeah, you can see where like
1: different bucket list items are taking place in the book and yeah, they're right there hidden underneath the cover. It's so it's such a neat surprise.
0: You can can almost judge this by its cover because it's (laughs) full of surprises. So, Hey, so go pick up a copy you guys and uh, all the links will be in the show notes and uh, all the handles. So you can follow Lily and thank you so much for being here and sharing your book with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. What fun. Oh, good. I'm glad. Well, thanks thanks again for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.